All right, we are live sales series. Been super pumped about this one. Been excited about this one. Laura Triano from Mush is here. Hello. Hello and good, I guess it's afternoon now. Good afternoon. Yeah. Well, maybe a little late morning for you. Yeah, it's a little late morning here. It's brisk. It's sunny out, a little brisk here in the Bay Area. I know you're in Chicago. Let's get right into it. Let's do Give it. Give us a little frame on Mush for those that don't know who they are and what they are. Yeah, absolutely. So we're a certified woman-owned business out of Chicago. Um, our co-founder and CEO, Ashley Thompson, started this business really frustrated with the lack of convenient, nutritious foods. She was working on Wall Street you know, doing the whole dance of 12 to 16 hour days and just found that it was truly difficult to eat well conveniently. So she quit her job, moved out to San Diego, started making overnight oats in her kitchen and selling them in farmer's markets. And so now here today, we're in close to 5,000 doors. We make ready to eat overnight oats, seven ingredients or less, no added sugar, no preservatives, no nothing. So it's really just great nutrient dense, convenient food, spoonable breakfast, snack, dessert, whatever you want. It is my type of jam, as uh, the youngsters say today. I don't even know if the youngsters say that. I don't know. Um, I'm all about, Probably everybody do. knows, I talk balanced nutrition. I'm proteins, fats, carbohydrates. This is something that I eat. Um, and yes, everyone, it's good for you. It's good for your body. It's good for your everything. everything. Um, we, we'll get into that. Um, you, tr you did come from similar what I'd consider balanced nutrition. You came from RX bar on the sales side, which we're going to dive deep into. Yep. Would you say that that's something that you believe in? Is that something that helps you as far as sales? There, there's so much synergy there as far as the two brands. Give us just a little framework on that. Yeah, absolutely. For me, uh, my job becomes that much more meaningful when I can be passionate about what I'm selling um, I started getting into nutrition in college um, and similar epiphany that I actually had just realized, wow, there really are not that many great foods out there for you in the grocery store. And, you know, started my career at Nestle and they owned some great brands um, like Power Bar at the time. Um, and I really, in working in that brand, um, developed a huge passion for health and wellness and, and selling products that, that made an impact on people's lives positively. So absolutely for me, um, I gotta, I gotta sell what I, what I eat and believe in. And, and I'm truly behind our mission here at Mush and the product and very similar story at RX Bar too. I love that. And there's a, a little bit of, a, of, of some value add that um, I had a feeling you would be saying, you've got to believe in what you're selling. Um, you know, I talk openly, you know, this is what my fourth year in, in, in food and beverage, but always been in a health and wellness. And so, but it is different when you come into a new vertical and you see what it looks like on the sales side. There's, a, there is a lot of moving around, right? For and sure. um and I, I totally understand that. See, that's the other thing. I, I understand it. I have empathy for it. I get it. You know, somebody needs a, a new career move and they might get into something that might have a dollar sign connected to it, right? Maybe even some options and the like. like you know, I get it. I totally understand. But for, for you to have true success, would you pinpoint it on that foundational piece of it's got to be something that you firmly believe in? 
100%. At the end of the day, I, I mean, money comes and goes and you spend so much time in your work. So you have to really love it. You have to love what you're doing and believe it because that's what's going to help you persevere through the undoubtedly challenging times that will, that will happen. So yeah, if you don't have that, I think it's going to be tough. And especially when you're selling, you know, I wouldn't want to sell somebody something that I wouldn't eat myself. You know what I mean? So uh, for me, at least, and everybody's different, that's where, you know, that's number one priority for me. Uh, it's a it's a great uh, great comment and, and the sentiment I sometimes align and I and again it's something that I enjoy talking about the founder and, and that that what in this particular like head of sales right the one really leading the charge um, it there's magic when the why is is similar right the the founder there it has to be exactly what you just talked about for all of the reasons you talked about. I get punched in my face every day, right? I don't know what that Same. was. <laughs> and, and so I'll go further. So does the head of sales and the entire sales arena, right? We're, we're, we're taking on all of these things, a lot of which is just plain old no, and then everything that surrounds that. So if you don't have a why, if there's no purpose behind it, it makes it so difficult. Um, and so sure. that's just that's just a lot of a lot of great stuff. Um, what do you think as far as the three magical pieces? This is kind of just open open talk as far as yeah. three pieces that you bring into a sales meeting that you think everybody should have like in the back pocket. It could be three of anything that you could think of off the cuff. For sure, I think one is having your listening hat on. Uh, one of the first. Uh, like I was very classically trained in sales at Nestle. And why I remember looking at a slide where it said like most salespeople are here and it's like, we're 70% talking and 30% listening and successful salespeople are the opposite. 30% talking, 70% listening. So I think first and foremost is your listening hat. Um, try to get the other person talking because at the end of the day, this should be a win-win and you obviously know your product well, but it's helpful to get a better understanding of how is this person, category manager, buyer, what have you, looking at their category, what's important to them, trying to really uncover, you know, how your product and your business can, can fit a need. So, so listening hat. And I think having a short less is more. So a short concise deck, that supports exactly your goal um, or exactly the story that you're telling. Um, Cause otherwise, if you have a bunch of eye charts or a ton of slides with a ton of words on them, you're going to have somebody looking at the deck and not at you and not listening. Um, and then I think third is just a tremendous amount of empathy. Um, you need to be able to put yourself in their shoes just as much as you need to come to the table looking to um, achieve your, your, you and your business's goals. So those would be my three things. Uh, at first, just kind of gut reaction. I love that. And everybody who's, who who's could be watching this is, again, this is all off the cuff. Um, there's nothing set up before. And you can, you can hear she totally gets it. And that's why I love this. And that was what this whole thing was about. Somebody's going to be listening to this and get value out of it. it. It's sort of recap. And this is coming from someone I love to talk. I'm so excited about what like we do right it'd be the same thing like at mush right if i if i got in there i i know i could get excited about that because i get it but like you know for us i i'm so excited 
And sometimes I can even hear myself and I go, bro, slow down. Slow, you know, like, like mm -hmm. get it together here. So the magic of what you just said is so valuable. And I take it, I listen to you and I go, I know, I need to really do that. So anybody who's listening, please, that, that, that was all magic right there. Let's talk about a deck for a second. Yeah. Um, what does your deck look like? Is it five pages? And if so, sort of what, what, it, what and how is it put together that helps you? For sure. I think uh, my, my base deck that I pull from before starting a custom deck for a retailer is about six or seven slides. Starts out with our story, right? Because behind every great brand has a great story. Then it's about the why behind the product. So like why overnight oats? Why the heck are we selling people cold oatmeal? Um, you know, and there's a nutritional benefit there, but then there's also a real incremental value add to those that are managing the perimeter of store, right? Because we're replacing a center store occasion. So we're sourcing, you know, from cereal, granola, oatmeal buyers. Um, so it's about the value proposition, both for the consumer and for the retailer. Um, and then, you know, just diving into that a little bit further with some category insights to solidify it. Like, hey, I can sit here and tell you all day that we're going to bring growth and incremental value, but the proof needs to be in the pudding, right? Or in this case, in, in the mush. No pun intended. So, Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm so corny. I like oh, live good. for bad. No, I, like I'm, bad oh, I'm, I'm, I'm way, way cornier. No, no, just <laughs> please, please. And then, so it's a few slides of just some high level category metrics. Hey, let's look at the 30,000 foot lens. How are we doing from a category perspective? And then let's drill further and further down into something that's really meaningful on how we're sitting against competitive brands. Um, and, and really kind of then go into maybe some proposals on how we would support the retailer, trade, marketing, et cetera. But, but I'm really trying to leave it very open-ended and asking questions the entire time. So if I go into a deck or I'm sorry, a slide that says, you know, hey, here's our performance. I want to flip it back on them and say, hey, Mark, is this, is this fall in line with what you're seeing? And how are you evaluating the categories? I can sit here and show you all the great news, but ultimately I need to know what's important to you. So I try to make sure that at, at the end of every slide almost, there's a, there's a way to flip it back to them and Lovely. try to bring them along in the conversation. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty short and to the point. There's not a lot of words on the, on the slides. Yep. Really try to keep it visual. Um, and straight to the point. I'm, I'm a fan of that. Um, it, we're, we're similar. Keep it five, six pages. Um, I probably take that back to my uh, Cliff Note days in, in, uh, in high school and, and, and the like. Um, you know, uh, sh short, shorter is better. And, and again, in today's world, right, we're so used to quick, right? Um, right. And we often need to remember that it, the, the, the buyer seeing a lot of people and keeping it short and concise and also like you had originally said about putting the listening hat on you might be able to just dive right into what it is that they want to hear but the only thing that the only way to do that is by listening right and asking a, a proper right. question first to market stuff i would say um i would say that mush i would i call it mush but mush i know it's mush uh it's, it's whichever you like because like mush it kind of reminds you of like you know um oh. Sledding dogs. Oh, mush, yeah, it's yeah, like true, 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 and mushy. true, 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 true. Um, I would say that it's first to market, but maybe I didn't know that there was an on the go uh, overnight op you know, option. Was there something prior to this? And if so, what does the category look like now? 
No, I think uh, I'm fairly certain we were first to market on a ready to make uh, cold chain overnight oats. Um, there have been a couple other players that have come into the fold. Um, and which is great because one, it's great to have competition, keeps you on your toes, but two, it's, it's starting to continue to, um, or it's continuing to educate the consumer that this is an actual category. It can be tough to be the only player and building a category. So there are a couple other coming into the fold, which is, which is great news because it's continued to sort of solidify that this is an actual, um, category that has legs. That's, yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well. Um, and, and again, I, so that's a compliment, right? I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have known of any, and that, when I think about this category, I only think of you guys. Um, and so it also goes in that to show something is working if the other, somebody else is going to start coming in there, right? It would be a little sure. scary if you're solo for a really, really long time. Um, I, I do want to go back like to an RX bar. By the way, I knew RX bar from the CrossFit, CrossFit. region days. I, I remember them physically at the regional, me walking by. It was in this like, um, people would, would, would only know if they remembered it back. It, was, it had a label on it. It was really, and that's why I love the story um, and also the actual product. I understood it right away. Uh, because yeah. I'm a real food eater and I, I get basic ingredients. So same, same thing there, led the way. And then of course you can see what goes on now. I mean, literally from the, not just ingredient choices, but almost like label, you know, you saw it all kind of unfold. Um, so I, I kind of, in short say, if nobody's going to come after that could potentially be a, a, something that you should be worried about. Um, what do you see as far as happening right now that is different that you're taking into your sales approach from one year ago? You know, um, so I've been here at Mush about a, a little over a year. And a year ago, I think we were really um, very certain about the grab-and-go occasion that Mush, um, uh, Mush satisfied. Um, and that was a big part of our selling story. And I'm sure everybody here listening has seen it grab and go as an occasion and as a set, you know, et cetera, uh, is definitely seeing its challenges during a pandemic. And so I think while the pandemic has been super challenging, it kind of shed light on the fact that we're not exclusively a grab and go item. Um, and we don't have to necessarily rely on that occasion. And so we've really started to kind of refine that to say what we're really replace, what we're really satisfying is breakfast snack, permissible indulgence, as they say uh, now, which is really just dessert, but you know, healthy dessert. Um, and that's actually, I think that benefited us greatly because one, we can now kind of target the kind of, dairy, plant-based section of dairy a little bit better. Um, and that section of the store has better foot traffic than grab and go. So grab and go whilst, while we still certainly can satisfy that occasion, I think, you know, we've been able to kind of open our eyes and say, but that's not the only place. That's a great place for us to be, but we can also live and breathe alongside other spoonable breakfasts like yogurt. Um, so that's really what's changed the most, I would say, is like just being able to really refine um, 
where we belong. <laughs> we kind of felt like we were on the island of misfit toys. Like, where do you put something like, like mush? And we had placements all over the place by kombucha, by um, uh, friggin' sauerkraut. I've seen it by baby food. I've seen it everywhere. So now we're able to be a little bit more intentional about it in our story and in, and, and in what we're seeing in the data. So that's been great. He did say friggin' and I, um, th that was an <laughs> extra point for her right now. Um, I, um, uh, most don't, may not know this if they're not in the sets, don't, don't know that. Like um, for instance, even bars saw a massive drop. Um, and, and then if somebody were to listen and hear that, they it takes a second and they go, why, you know, doesn't, don't people really just do that because it's kind of keeps them in line and like, no, it's actually for exactly what they were for, you know, on the go. And now people are not on the go. Um, and so um, I, I get your sentiment though, for me, it's more convenience as far as just understanding there's my portion in the morning and I'm done. Um, right. I don't want to get into like R&D stuff with you, but in my mind, I don't know why there could be, am I allowed to do this? I don't know. Um, you know, a, a, a five, a five serving. Anyway, um, you know, so yeah, with that said, to sort of close out, cause we keep them tight. You, you there's so much value just in that 15 minutes. Um, what does that look like as far as somebody who's head of sales? Um, do you look for innovation? Do you need to see that as something that your team internally is talking about so that again, you have more of an arsenal, more things in your back pocket, even if you might not be talking about it right away, it's just to keep that sales sort of, you know, sort of push and mentality going. For sure. I think innovation should always be something that's happening, but I recently heard about a ratio that I think everybody needs to think about and it's like a 70 20 10 rule and it's like 70 percent of your time your business etc is probably going to be on your core product and then 20 percent is going to be on innovation that maybe has a little bit more certainty behind it so maybe it's a line extension uh and you've had tons of requests you know from your e-commerce customers what have you and then 10 percent of it is going to be throwing stuff at the wall and and hoping that it sticks and i think um, you know, those, that 10% can really undoubtedly turn into a whole business in and of itself. But I think keeping yourself grounded in the fact that you, you still need to get your core business right. And you still need to scale that core business because at the end of the day, um, there's still a whole audience that we haven't reached yet. And still a whole ton of stories that we haven't penetrated yet. And we still have our, our whole core business with our, um, current customer base that we want to continue to, to evolve. So, I think innovation is so important. Um, ideas can come from anywhere and you wanna be following those, but also not losing sight of that core product, I think is really important. Because everybody gets distracted by the shiny object. You know, it's like squirrel, <laughs> you know? And you start to feel like, oh gosh, you know, okay, I've been selling this product and now I wanna sell some new stuff. But um, I think it, undoubtedly you can't, you can't lose sight of the core uh, for sure. Another gem. And um, I, I, I always, I've had a few of these and I always go, oh my God, I could do this for like an hour, but I got to stay true to th this thing. I want to punch it in there, but that doesn't mean we're not going to do a follow-up. So, and we are, um, because I know I, I, I can, I get this from you that you, you, you have, you have this um, within yourself and, and like, I'm just a fan. Uh, 
I'm a fan. Um, so thank you for joining. Uh, I hope everybody got some value out of that. Laura from Mush. See that? Uh, thank I loved you. it. Thank you for joining. We'll be in thank touch. Thank you, Mark. It was my. It was a pleasure.